0: Hi it's Terry Gross the host of Fresh Air we bring you in-depth long-form interviews with actors directors musicians authors journalists and more listen to our Peabody award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR a couple of months ago news broke about a shooting at Club Q an LGBTQ friendly club in Colorado Springs it left five people dead. This episode touches on the issues of safe spaces for the LGBTQ community in Colorado Springs. Most of the episode was reported months before the shooting, but we will discuss the response to Club Q. This story starts nearly a year ago at a protest. We're here! We're queer! Get used to it! Get used to it! We're here! We're Colorado Springs, February 2022. Students are protesting. Remember, school boards are not used to us coming out. Woo! Usually the
1: loudest. But today we will be. Here we go. Say! Say!
0: They've taken over the entrance of the school board meeting. They're angry about the bigoted social media posts from some school board members. Educators, parents, and students feared that these overt posts would create a culture of intolerance within the schools. They worried, without equity measures in place, anyone different would be a target. This time, we're looking at the impact two individual board members' transphobic views had on educators and the LGBTQ community. ...school
1: board meeting. Board members Jason Jorgensen and Al Loma tonight answering to a standing room only crowd of parents and students. You called my son a pile of feces. Sharon
2: Jameson's comment
0: and how Naomi Lopez, a District 11 speech-language pathologist, was pushed to nearly breaking point.
1: I guess I have been holding on. I feel like there's been this portion inside of me that has been holding on very tightly. It feels like wound up in an act of protection, I guess, where I'm constantly on alert, that I'm going to have to defend my child's existence to random people because they want to comment or say something about gay people or gay kids or trans kids or whatever. Like, I mean, just hearing myself say that, like, what the heck, man?
0: This is Systemic. A series that tells the stories of those who fight injustice as they attempt to dismantle the status quo. I'm Jo Erickson. In this episode, we follow a mum who is also an educator in District 11 as she struggles with LGBTQ discrimination and phobia for her own child's sake and that of the kids that she teaches she's pushed to a point of action. Naomi is a single mum of a preteen and works as a speech-language pathologist in Colorado Springs, District 11. She's been in the district for the last three years of her 17-year career. Naomi works in an elementary school and middle school in the district. <coughs>
1: Are you ready to do to repeat okay we're going to do four we're going to do letters and numbers you ready
0: this child who we'll call john has a receptive and expressive language disorder with help he gets a little better every day He finds ways to communicate with Naomi and his family.
1: Okay, ready? DB101. DB101. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Let's try another one. We're going to do four words, okay? Yellow, green, red, purple. Yellow, green, purple. Oops, let's try again. Yellow, green, red, purple. So my position and experience educating every day is different than a classroom teacher. So I'm a specialist and I work with students specifically in the area of speech or language impairments. So that will range from students who are nonverbal, ranging all the way to articulation difficulties where I'm just helping students Pronounce their sounds more clearly so that they can be better understood in the classroom setting and everywhere in between. There, the
0: 2021 2022 school year started as usual well, as normal as you can get with COVID and mass restrictions in the classroom. As a parent, Naomi was happy that her child was taking online school. District 11 began the academic year by gradually phasing in in in-person classes, so there are many students still receiving virtual classes. But as an educator, Naomi is still meeting her students in person. She had a few new faces joining her program, but also said goodbye to other students as they didn't need the extra support and moved back into regular classes. At the beginning of each year, she assesses each student's needs.
1: So for me, it's not getting a whole classroom up to par or past grade level proficiency in all areas. For me is, did I reach this student today? Did this student experience their own individual success because they can say their sounds correctly now? Or this student was able to make a friend today because he or she learned a new communication strategy to make friends? Or did this student actually be able to go home and answer their parents' question? What did you do today? Or did you have a good day at school? And the student could actually say, yes because they learned how to answer yes, no questions. For me, I am blessed to see them every single day that I go to work and get the opportunity to work with my students. And that is the beauty of being a speech language pathologist in the school setting.
0: By November, Naomi settled into a new rhythm at work and home. But in the background, there were disturbing rumblings from parents and some school board members. Three new board members who didn't approve of the equity programme were elected. The services of the equity programme are important to Naomi's students. They provide resources that Naomi's department cannot. The equity team identifies students who need extra help and support at home and in their personal lives so that they can achieve their academic goals. Many of her students get assistance from the equity department. Maybe they need a special computer program to help with dyslexia or mental health resources, or maybe they just need a space to do their homework. So what happens in the future When the equity program is disbanded, what happens to those students then? So in early December, Naomi attended a school board meeting to find out what was going on. What she heard shocked her.
1: We recently had a teacher here in a D11 elementary school explain to her students what DEI SEL LGBTQ is in her fifth grade class, without the consent of parents. That is a problem.
0: Parents expressed their disapproval when teachers talked about equity and LGBTQ issues to their children. And Naomi said that what she heard community members talking about at board meetings wasn't actually happening in District 11 classrooms. Later, school board director, Julie Ott defended the district's equity policy and its work throughout the district.
2: The equity department is ideally suited to support the equity work throughout the district and support equity teams in schools so that they can stay focused and be supported by our administration. Yes, the equity work should be filtered throughout the district, but this is someone who is dedicated to driving it. And if we take that away, I don't think we're going to get the results we're hoping for. It's interwoven, integrated, and you have a person driving that.
0: Naomi knows these people protesting equity policies. She knows these administrators. She sees them at the supermarket. They say hi to her in coffee shops. This is her school, her community. It all seemed a bit surreal. She couldn't believe that they would fight against the well-being of her child, of her students and her work. She kept telling herself. I just can't. (laughs) can't.
1: Oh, my God. I cannot believe this is happening. Like, aren't you supposed to be like an adult? And aren't you supposed to be like a professional? And aren't you supposed to be like an administrator within the public school district? Like, what is going on? I happen to be a Latina who understands what it's like to have limited access or limited opportunities and my families that I serve, parents of special needs students and access that they have to different resources. So I know how to provide extra supports or extra opportunities or to to give parents some resources because I am part of that experience.
0: Naomi worries about what will happen if the equity department disappears. Without an oversight department, Naomi's concerned that the equity work will not happen and those gaps between low-income students are not going to be closed. There
1: should be a place, a department, that they could go to and say, I want to be educated on these things and we should provide that because we're the ones who are educating our students.
0: While the discussions around the future of District 11's equity program are playing out throughout December, Naomi has her own battles to face. When her child returns to in-person school in the last quarter of the school year, Naomi worries about how safe the culture of her District 11 school will be.
1: So, I don't know if people want to hear this, but it's the truth and this is what's happening. My own child is queer. I'm so proud of her. She is such an amazing kid. And right now she's not going to school. In person, I have her doing online school. Um, She'll be going to middle school next year and she is impacted by these things, and she's not even in school. I just can't imagine if my daughter felt that way, Um, especially based on what she's watching some of the elected leaders of her school district acting in those ways. So (laughs) I wasn't expecting a cry.
0: Through the winter, The mood in District 11 schools was tense. Suddenly, there were whispers in the corridors, closed-door meetings, and people on edge. Educators were worried about the school board's desire to get rid of equity policies. Then, everything came to a head in the chilly early spring. After months of rumours and speculation, The superintendent abruptly announced his resignation. Along with this came the news that his flagship equity program would not survive. But that's just the start of things. News was spreading around the district over two individual school board members' social media posts. The post that everyone was talking about was from District 11's school board member Jason Jorgensen's Facebook. He posted a meme about a pregnant transgender person.
2: An offensive transgender meme posted by a school board. Vice President has heads turning in Colorado Springs School District D11.
1: Some tell me they are speechless and others say it's outright horrific by a leader in education. This image depicts a trans person hooked up to an ultrasound machine with a doctor pointing to a monitor which shows poop. Parents and teachers I spoke with want some sort of accountability.
0: The post sparked outrage and fury with many parents, including Jane. Naomi.
1: Jane. Jane.
0: Students protested with the support of groups like Inside Out, a youth service support group for LGBTQ communities. Naomi joined the outcry. We're here! We're queer! Get used to it! Get used to it! it! We reached out to Jason Jorgensen for comment and got no reply. After a full evening's protest, a tired Naomi said goodnight to her gender-fluid child, and before her head hit the pillow, she managed to leave this audio diary.
1: Deep breath in, deep breath out. What a day. So it is 11.23 at night on the 23rd of February, Today was a a historic day for me. It was my first protest. So the students of our school district saw social media posts and comments that were made publicly at board meetings by two board members. Both of them were transphobic in nature and many of them were racist. Anyhow, we were standing outside in two degree weather um, before the board meeting for half an hour, and it was powerful. I was expecting tonight to be sad and frustrating, but actually it was very invigorating and I am so proud of all my students and my community for coming out and letting the school district know and the community know that it is not okay for board members to be bullying students, indirectly, of course, but when we tell them that it's uncalled for and that we won't stand for it, they apologize and then they just keep doing it.
0: Inside Out Communications Director Lise Smith, who attended the protests, wanted to help young people as they strive to rid the school board of anti-LGBTQ comments. We created this open letter originally
2: because we knew that we were in a position to comment on some recent actions um, that had directly affected our young folks.
0: Lise read out some of the comments from the open letter to the school board that organization crafted with lgbtq students
2: <clears throat> freedom of speech on social media is extremely important however when you're in a
1: position of power and you are talking about the certain rights of certain people being restricted or making
2: fun of certain groups of people then that becomes an issue especially when you're in charge of children who many of them fall under these categories they should be here to keep us safe everyone is human it does not matter if they are LGBTQIA2+. Do not disregard, disrespect, or apply any other negative enforcement to anyone. They are people, not any less or any more.
0: Even though parents, teachers, and groups like Inside Out pressured the board to do something about the messages, School Board President Pathmal Packham explained at a Q&A session with parents and educators that he couldn't stop individual board members from expressing their views on their personal social media.
2: The negative attention that the District 11 was receiving, that was because of some of the board members putting their foot in their own mouth. Okay? I will come and say that publicly, there is only so much I can do from my role as board president. Each one of those board members come from very diverse views and some of them they are sharing it in their personal Facebook page and they don't identify themselves as board members out there.
0: It even consulted lawyers.
2: So when I reached out to legal counsel as to what role we have as reprimanding a board member or any staff, what we were told is if the staff member too is posting something on their personal Facebook page and they are doing it on their own time, on a Friday night or a Saturday morning, and they don't identify themselves as a dealer and staff member, we have little that we can do in that regard.
0: Naomi hoped for more, so she carried on the best way she could. Days after the protest, Naomi noticed the mood in the district was tense. Everyone was on edge. And Naomi suddenly felt alone and frightened. She had to face a new uncertain reality. This new climate of intolerance made her fear for her child's safety. I pulled up Facebook
1: and saw some people commenting and sharing another transphobic post from one of our board members. And I literally lost it. I guess I would consider it almost close to a panic attack. I've had maybe one time or twice maybe had a panic attack in my life. But I started crying and hyperventilating. It was awful. Um... And I realized that what I was feeling was fear, a great amount of fear being the mother of a queer child. And I haven't been allowing myself to feel that because uh, I guess it's just a lot. And um, I just felt so isolated and so alone and I thought, There must be other parents out there that have felt the same exact amount of fear that I was feeling in that moment, totally not in control of being able to keep my child safe from the constant ridicule and target that people at large just feel like they have to talk publicly on social media about how they feel about it all, you know. And that's not who my daughter is. She's not here for someone else to judge and and assess and, and make commentary about, you know, like she's a human being and she's my child.
0: Naomi wasn't alone in her anxiety over leadership's transphobic comments. Students from the LGBTQ community felt like the comments made targets of some students. One student, who wanted to remain anonymous out of fear of bullying or backlash, explained hateful rhetoric, especially from leadership, can cause intense pain for LGBTQ students.
1: It puts them in danger, both physically and mentally. It exposes them to a wide community of people who are hateful. It It's just terrible to target someone and to put them on blast like that. I've heard that a lot of people probably feel hopeless when that happens because They feel like everyone's against them. I've heard that people feel scared because of what could happen to them, the dangers that that brings, both mentally and physically.
0: By March, Naomi's stress has only increased. Her child is about to go back to in-person classes. Uh, My
1: fears as a mom for my daughter, who is gender-fluid and queer, I have this sense of panic. It's just... Do other parents feel this way? Do they? I fear that someone will be so afraid of her because she's different in a way that they're not used to that they might want to harm her. You know, I, I fear that. But that's that's how I really feel. There's a lot of fears.
0: It's been a tough semester. Everyone was looking forward to the spring break. Taking a step away from the routine of school created a sense of calm. Or so it seemed to Naomi. But the calm didn't last long. Sometimes even if you deserve a break, life has a way of reminding us that we cannot control everything. Sunday
1: night, April 10th, and I am <laughs> getting ready for my first full week being back at work after taking almost a week off to go home for my grandfather's funeral and Much-needed time with my family.
0: After spring break, Naomi suddenly had to leave for New Mexico. Her grandfather had just died. For Naomi, everything was getting on top of her. Something inside her said, I need to talk.
1: (sighs) I think that I have a lot of emotions about it. Of course I have the sadness um I have a shock I have anger <clears throat> but I need to go to work tomorrow I have to go teach my kids so I did my best today to uh process how I was feeling I cried a lot last night and then this morning I, I know the way that I grieve so I knew that today would be rough.
0: Naomi knew she had to find a way to take control of her life. Every time she saw school board director Al Lorma's Facebook post, it sent her into a panic. She was seeing posts like this one. If you're okay with a 12-year-old girl having her breast amputated because she would rather wear hoodies than high heels, you might have been brainwashed. She imagined, what if this was aimed at her own child? She was feeling powerless.
1: It's been a very challenging, um, very, very, very challenging couple of months. I was at work when I received uh, a text from a friend who had screenshotted it and sent it to me, and I lost it, and I started to cry. I got sick to my stomach, and I think it was just my fears just all came spilling out at my desk right before I was about to go pull another group of students for their speech therapy group. So as a result of that day and me um, reaching out to my administrator about the troubles I was having, I decided to file a formal complaint as to the fact that I have been feeling unable to focus at work and feeling unsafe and watched um, based on some comments that board members had made to me and the continued attack publicly of trans kids in the public media, and in, in social media, from board members.
0: I asked board member Al Lorma to talk about his social media comments, but he declined. Maybe her grandfather's death was the catalyst that pushed Naomi to file a complaint against the actions of two school board members. Or maybe she was tired of being afraid. Somehow, she took the steps to reclaim her life by filing a complaint with the school administrator. It was a big step.
1: That's a first for me. I've never, and never in a million years would I have thought that I would have to make such a complaint. And be in this position while at work.
0: Once an employee discrimination and harassment complaint had been filed, there were several procedural issues that Naomi had to comply with. Firstly, she was not allowed to talk or have any contact with board members she filed the complaint about. This was hard since it meant she couldn't express her views at school board meetings.
1: When I go to board meetings, I, even though I want to say something, I want to do public comment, I don't, because I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. I don't know if it's going to hinder or counteract my complaint, because in the instructions, neither party is supposed to have contact with the other person, so I don't want to get dinged for that. It's just like such a pain in the ass because it's like my whole life has been put on hold just so that I can protect myself and my rights and my child's rights until the school district gets around to like finding someone to handle the complaint because they, the person who was in that department freaking quit.
0: While administrators investigated her claim, Naomi continued with her life as much as she could. Toward the end of April... Naomi knew soon it'd be time to make another big decision. Her child will start in middle school next year. Should Naomi transfer districts to protect her child?
1: I was going to have my daughter be in their classes because they're such phenomenal teachers. So I told my daughter, I've been thinking about looking at other school districts, seeing what their pay is, seeing... What their board looks like, what their superintendent is like, um, just so that I know that I am going to be working in a school system that supports me and also taking my daughter with me so that I can know that she's going to be in a school system that supports her and champions her and where she doesn't feel threatened, where she doesn't feel like it's going to be a problem or afraid more than she already is transitioning into sixth grade. So I sat down with her and I told her, look, you know this work that mom is doing. There is a possibility, we're fighting hard to make sure that all students have everything that they need. So if there is a possibility that the people that are in charge will not do what's right for the students, that I'm going to have to get another job at another district, and you'll go with me.
0: Nearly two months passed and still no word. She waited to feel clarity on whether to apply for a job in another district and take her child with her. But as Naomi started to wind down her programs for the summer break, she received some good news.
1: Amazing news. I actually went to work today and I found something in my mailbox. It was a card from the El Paso Council PTA who hosts the Crystal Apple Teacher Awards. Parents of one of my students nominated my name and donated money to the awards ceremony in honor of my name. I got a nice card from them, and I got a pin that I could wear. It was was so nice to be honored in that way. You know, I I have good relationships with my families, and I have had many families share their, their gratitude and appreciation with me, which is always wonderful to experience. But for a family to go out of their way to find this organization and put in a nomination for me because they're thinking about me is really, really, really something. I've never been honored that way. Um, So I'm very grateful for that. And that was a wonderful feeling.
0: As school closes for summer Naomi still waits for news about her complaint but she didn't receive a response to the investigation until late August. She waited a day before she told me. After receiving the news she had to sleep for the whole day. She crashed from battle fatigue. When she did surface She told me that the school said they found no evidence that Naomi's work was affected by the actions of the school board. She was shocked. How could this be right?
1: I felt um, uh, the continued barrage of hate from one board member constantly coming you know coming to my awareness because people are saying oh look at this look what he's doing now look what this is happening i lost it like i literally had a breakdown at work
0: naomi was very disappointed and felt let down by the system
1: there's a system in place Thank goodness. Thank goodness that we have protections within our employment. There's a there's a system that you can go through when you have a complaint. So I did it. And I heard from people not to expect anything to be done. But I really didn't believe that because, I mean, I I guess I kind of expected not like the best thing to happen, but I expected something to happen. I, I expected some kind of accountability. Right. There are these systems for employees of the school district that the board members are exempt from.
0: Where does she go from here? Well, she's still figuring it out. For now, Naomi is still working in District 11. Though Naomi is disappointed by the outcome of her complaint she still continues to keep up the fight for equity and LGBTQ students. Naomi starts the new academic year with the news that the school board hasn't come up with a plan for how to address equity issues. And then, at the stress of attending school board meetings with the same members, continue to post transphobic memes and messages on their social media. It looked like the 2022-23 school year would be a tough one. But Naomi puts one foot in front of another. She will try to do what she can to help. She continues to do the advocacy work She continues to hold the school board and administrators accountable. And she continues to request that the district prioritise closing equity gaps. She's trying to keep that equity conversation front and centre at board meetings. This is not a part of her job, but she knows if she doesn't do this extra work, her students will suffer as for her child returning to school, well, she is still anxious. All Naomi can do is wait and see and hope her child is safe. In November 2022, the Colorado Springs community experienced a shocking tragedy. Five people died in a mass shooting. At Club Q, an LGBTQ-friendly club. After the Club Q shooting, Naomi is determined to ensure that there are safe spaces for students from the LGBTQ community. Four days after the shooting, Naomi placed flowers at the site. She shared her thoughts.
1: We have a crisis in this nation where these lowly, weak-minded people that are, are full of hate are encouraged to act out on their hate and murder people because they are different than they are. I worry about my kid as they grow up, what they will face, if they will be singled out and persecuted, you know. and. Are they going to live? Are they going to have a safe space to exist in this world? Well, I'm going to say yes. Because I'm doing everything that I can and I know that my friends and my colleagues are doing everything they can and will continue to do everything that we can to ensure that their future and their, their existence is safe, regardless of the minority in the power structures that are grasping so hard to keep that power and control. I could say a lot of things of why, because, but they're not gonna win, period. They're not gonna win. Because we're here, and we are strong, and we will keep on fighting.
0: At the beginning of the season, I told you that this would be a tale of two school districts. We've seen how Colorado Springs District 11 is reversing its policy on equity. So let's take a look at a school district that takes pride in its equity policy. Next time on Systemic, we follow an African-American teacher in Denver Public Schools. He loves his job, but he is tired of the daily grind of navigating microaggressions.
2: Like this year, what do I think about? I think about quitting. That's what we think about.
0: What happens when a school district has policies around equity, especially in the classroom, but doesn't apply the same standards to its teaching staff? Next time, we're heading 70 miles north to Denver. Hey, it's Joe. Since you listened to the whole episode... I have a quick favour to ask you. Take a moment to find Systemic from Colorado Public Radio on whatever podcast app you use and give us a like, a rating or a review. If you think the stories we're sharing are important, if you think the voices in Systemic deserve to be heard, all you have to do to help spread the word is like us, rate us or review us. It helps others find this podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting podcasts from Colorado Public Radio.